Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sarah's Space. I am delighted today to be actually sharing the space with an old friend and a comrade in dance. And I'd like you to welcome Joanne Pasusic. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are going to talk to her about her life career path. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you that don't know, Joanne, and is Alex still on the figurehead at the top, or are you the sole? proprietor slash director of Groove Street and Source. How does um, that work? The Source is definitely just my company. Okay. And Groove Street, we did create it together, but yeah. he's kind of taken a step back in, in later years. But he's still the... The, the support system. Yeah. Yes. Ra, the ra, ra. front guy. Gotcha. Though. Hey there, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so you just heard it from the horse's mouth, and I don't need to reiterate. So she is a highly respected member of the dance community and someone I've had the pleasure to work for for... Mm-hmm. I was actually trying to calculate. I think it's about 12 or 13 yes, years now. Yes, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And uh, just brought on as the guest ballet teacher for Source, which is her pre-professional training program. Is that fair to call it that? Yeah, that's okay. a great description. And uh, yeah, we just want to we wanna sort of ask some questions and find out what made you end up where you are. And one of them, I guess, is where did you start? Okay. Well, I was brought up in Melbourne, Australia. And my beginnings are actually in ballet, Ah. Sarah. (laughs) Um, I started ballet at the age of six because I suppose when I was younger, I had some growth problems in my legs and the doctors were speaking of possibly putting braces on my legs to correct the way they were growing. And one of these brilliant doctors said, or if you like, you can try to put her in ballet and see if... That That helps. Will help. And so that's actually how I got started in ballet. Okay. Although my mom did say I used to run around on my tippy toes all the time. Um, (laughs) I love that image. (laughs) Yeah. So I started with ballet at age six and then joined in with jazz at age eight. And that was pretty much what I did my entire training in Australia. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how long were you there? Uh, We moved to Canada when I was 14. Okay. And at in that time period, did you resonate more with one over the other, or did you like them both no, equally? No, I loved them both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so when you were 14 and came to Canada, was it to Vancouver right away? Or, yes. Okay. Yeah. And did you choose then, or was it still no, both of I them? No, I still loved both. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's I've always, I've always loved ballet, um, and I never had the body for it, unfortunately. But I was aware of that, and I just enjoyed loving it and dancing it. Um yeah, and I, I continued ballet right through grade 12, and then I did not. Okay. <laughs> may, I, may I be a devil's advocate and ask, what do you mean when you say you never had the body for it? Was that something you decided, or is that somebody told you that? Well, I would say that's a bit of both, but okay. I just knew from observing the dance world that that is not the way I was put together, just okay. even with the shape of my legs and everything, and it was very difficult for me to just stand in first correctly. Okay. Um, so I was aware of that, and I was okay with it, surprisingly, Okay. until one examiner failed me in my elementary exam, saying, you shouldn't bother because you don't have the body for it. <laughs> she actually wrote that down? Yes, yes. Oh. So, thankfully... Would that be RAD exams, Joanne? Quite <laughs> possibly. <laughs> so, unfortunately, that was a bit of a slap in the face, yeah. but I was already aware of it, so it wasn't too devastating right. for me, which was good. Right. <laughs> Uh, another question regarding that, when you, when you said you stopped ballet, I guess at 17 at graduation, Yes. 
So then what? What happened? I actually finished all forms of dance at graduation for about four years. Oh! Yeah. I just kind of, at the time, it was 1987. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, there really wasn't much to be done in Vancouver. I wasn't sure, you know, I didn't really think of it ever as being a career. It was just something I did growing up. And, you know, well, I finished high school now. And so I finished dance classes. And that's kind of it. So, um, and my main goal after high school was to go back to Australia because I wanted to ah, okay. see all my friends and my family. Yeah. And so that had been my goal ever since I was 14 was as soon as I graduate high school, I'm going to get two jobs and I'm going to save all this money and I'm going to go back to Australia. So I did that for six months with two of my friends and we hitchhiked around the country yeah. and yeah. Uh, had a great adventure. Came back and I worked at a stock brokerage firm. <laughs> Did you, for those four years, were you just working the two jobs or did you do post-secondary stuff as well? I, I, <laughs> I did go to Simon Fraser University okay. for a dance major. Okay. Uh, and it was not my thing at all. Right. And it I was only just the went because program. I had a scholarship yeah. to go to university and because I had taken a year off to travel. My parents said, you know, yes, absolutely, go do travel the world. When yeah. you come back, you're going to university <laughs> okay. because you have a scholarship. And uh, there really wasn't anything I was particularly interested in. So I right. signed up for the dance major in English and psychology. Yeah. And it definitely was not my thing. Yeah. And after two semesters, I went crying to my dad and said, yeah. Daddy, please don't make me go back. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was the extent of my post-secondary. Okay. And I guess you could say I was dancing, quote unquote, a little bit while I was there. But yeah. it, it was... Um, it wasn't for you. There were about 25 people in the dance program that I was in, and three of us were dancers. Okay. The other 20-odd were football players who needed extra credit. Yeah. Actors who wanted to learn how to move. Yeah. You know, it, w- it wasn't really, no. at that time, um, too much dancing. <laughs> Leave it at that. <laughs> I understand. Totally understand. So uh, at, at the end of your travels, at the end of exploring Australia again, at the end of the stint with SFU mm-hmm. and those that four-year time span, then what led you back to the dance world? Well, I had been introduced to Harbour Dance Centre okay. when I was still dancing in high school by yeah. my teacher at the time. And so over those four years, I would go to Harbor maybe once every six months and take a drop-in class. Okay. Take a drop-in jazz class. Yeah. Um, either from Belinda Sobey yeah. or Craig Hempstead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Christopher Bazin. Yeah. And, um, and it was great, but I would be so sore the next day. I would just say, oh my gosh, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> right. Um, and then one time I went and took class and there was a sign up on the wall that said, Direct from Los Angeles, learn the latest MTV music video choreography from Bradley Rapier. Oh, wow. And I thought, oh, that sounds fun. What yeah. is this hip hop? <laughs> and so I thought, okay, I'll go and try that class and see. So I showed up in my tights and my yeah. <laughs> inappropriate hip hop attire. And I took Bradley's class and just absolutely fell in love with the style of right. hip hop. And I fell in love with him as a person yeah. and a teacher. Yeah. And that's kind of what. I guess you could say reeled me back in because I just kept going back to take his class in particular okay. and just found a real love for hip hop. And he kind of took me under his wing yeah. and trained me. Yeah. Um, and then of course, you know, Pam, yeah. the owner of Harbor yeah. 
whenever she would see me there, she would say, now you need to get back into jazz class. Right. I remember you're a jazz dancer. And so, <laughs> so then I just kind of eventually started taking more and more classes. And that's okay. kind of, I really just fell back into it. Was that when it was still down on Hastings? It was. So the, I think that's when I met you, just sort of very uh, acquaintanceship, another dancer in passing. Yeah. Because I was possibly. just sort of little bit going, mostly because my mom was taking jazz classes. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I would I would sometimes pick her up. Or I, I one time I subbed there for Danielle. And one time I took a jazz class and I swore that was the last time uh-huh. ever. <laughs> It's funny how we have these reverse stories. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. that and and I don't know if you knew that when they moved the studio to uh, Granville, where it is now, uh, Bradley Rapier came back. This would have been who knows early nineties. Yep. And again, my mom wanted to take a class, so I took it with her. Really, I bet we were all in the same class. Oh lordy, then I hope you don't remember. <laughs> Early 90s, definitely, because that is when I was taking his class Okay, so I was probably just watching from the side with my mouth agape thinking, oh, when is this over? <laughs> I need to go. <laughs> if amazing. I see, Well, because all I remember was, I'm, I'm, as you know, not very tall. I always wanted to be, but I'm not. And in the mirror, I looked so tall. And it would be because I was pulling up where other people were <laughs> relaxing down. <Hey. laughs> and I was watching myself bounce around like, like some sort of little jelly bean on some sort of stimulant thinking no I don't think that looks right <laughs> that's incredible yeah so mm-hmm. luckily back then we weren't filming class so yeah no very lucky <laughs> I do I do uh, occasionally pop a move when I'm teaching and source too just to show them how amazing I am at hip-hop oh, that good. I keep it a deep hidden secret yeah and it does quite often elicit uproarious laughter so I imagine <laughs> that I am still popping the same style I used to <laughs> oh my goodness okay so that drew you back in I would is it fair for me to call Bradley a mentor of sorts absolutely okay so then what happened next uh well so I was just taking class again I never planned on my career being related to dance right but at this point in my life I still wasn't really sure what I wanted to do I was just kind of open for anything and I love dancing and I love taking Bradley's class. And as I mentioned, he took me under his wing and trained me. Um, and he at the time was one of the only hip hop instructors in the city. Right. And he needed to go out of town. Right. And so he said, Joanne, you're the only one who can teach my class while I'm out of town. Wow. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I can't teach at Harvard Dance Center. Yeah. Are you crazy? Yeah. And so he said, look, don't worry. I'll teach you a routine. I'll give you my mixtape. <laughs> We're talking cassette. Oh, yes. A yes. cassette mixtape. He said, you can teach this choreography. You can play this music. It'll all be over in an hour. You'll be fine. Right. So that's what I did. My very first time teaching at Harbor was, you know, I went in and I said, sorry, Bradley's not here, but he's yeah. given me this routine to teach you. And here goes. Right. <laughs> so, right. Uh, so from then on, anytime he went out of town, I would teach his class. And of course, it eventually became yes. my choreography and my mixtape. <laughs> but yeah, I just, again, kind of fell into that responsibility. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how old were you then? Hmm. Probably 21. Okay. So yeah, it's, it started, yeah, it started young. Yeah. So then I remember hearing, as one does in the dance world, it mm-hmm. being so incredibly small 
even crossing genre boundaries, not quite as much now as it did then, ironically, with all the social media, you think it would. But Mm -hmm. I remember hearing a whisper, do you remember Joanne McCutcheon? You know, the really pretty redhead? She's in L.A. And I remember thinking, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds really kind of, what's going on? (laughs) So tell me about that segue. When did that occur? Um, Gosh, well... I was teaching a lot because Bradley had definitely introduced me to the world of teaching hip hop. And once people found out about Bradley and myself, they would bring us out to teach at other studios and cheer dance teams and church groups and all sorts of things. So we were teaching everywhere. It was a full-time job. And it was hip hop. Hip hop. (laughs) Hip hop. (laughs) (laughs) You say that very I do. (laughs) What a geek. Okay. But no, at the time, it was very unusual to have a job solely teaching dance. Everyone who was teaching dance had another job to support themselves. But the two of us were teaching everywhere, which I was very grateful for. And he ended up moving back to L.A. Yeah. And so then it was just me and I was teaching all the time. Yeah. Which was lovely, but also I was feeling that I was too young to just be a full-time teacher. And I hadn't really explored where my dancing itself could take me. Yeah. And again, I wasn't sure if that's what I really wanted to do, but I thought, well, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to head down to LA and see what happens. And back then it was easier to head down without any kind of paperwork. Yeah. Um, So that's what I did. I had won a scholarship at LA Dance Force convention. Is is that like a Harbor Dance or is that it's a... a... No, it's a traveling convention like, okay. like Groove Street okay. or Triple Threat. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, I had won a, a scholarship through them for one month of unlimited classes at okay. the Edge in LA. And that's a big Harbor Dance-like studio. Yeah. Okay, okay. And so when I moved there, I went and spoke with the desk and I said, hey, I won this one month unlimited classes, but I live here now. Is there any way you could just give me a set amount of classes instead that I can sort of spread out while I'm living here. Right. And they very kindly said, sure, we can do that. Yeah. And I don't know how many classes they gave me, but the entire time I lived in LA, which was for three years, I had free classes. Wow. Yeah. So it was quite incredible, which, you know, especially because you're not really working that much as a Canadian dancer when you're living there. No. So I was very fortunate that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you did do some work though, some professional work. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I did. Such as? Well, you can read my resume online. <laughs> well, just pick out pick out highlights. You don't highlights. have to. Yeah. Okay. Maybe um, and let's not say highlights for the fame of the world and people right. saying, "Oh, Joe did that." But yeah. for you, for well, me personally, personal highlights. Yeah. Sure. Uh, well, I've always been a huge fan of Prince's music. Yep. Uh, especially taking class from Craig Hempstead all those years at Harbor Dance Center. He yeah. played every Prince song yeah. <laughs> in class. So I've always loved his music. So definitely a highlight for me would be when I was booked for one of his music videos. Very cool. Yeah. Which, and, and what song was it? Oh, gosh. It was Betcha by Golly Wow. Okay. Yeah. It was really quite a terrible song. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, be be happy you didn't do, um, what is it? Uh it's on the Purple Rain album, and it's got Wendy and Lisa in it, and there's a lot of rather um, ecstatic moaning going oh, on. Oh, yes, yes no. you know, Thankfully, yeah, yeah. This, one, this one was very pure. Okay, you wore clothing. He yeah, actually, yeah. Oh, we wore clothing. <laughs> we wore white cotton unitards, Ooh. turtlenecks, Ooh. and uh, Roman <clears throat> sandals. Do you remember those Roman yeah, sandals? Yeah, I do. Jazz yeah. shoe Horrid. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, that was our costume for that. Okay, that was nice. lovely. Yeah. Um, 
But no, it was a lovely song that he had written when he found out his wife was pregnant. Or he didn't write it. He redid it. It was an old stylistic song. And oh, okay. He redid it just sharing the love for his wife and the right. upcoming child. So it right. was quite a lovely song in that way, but it didn't come across the same way. No. no. Let's put it this way. It was 1997. Right. My husband, Alex, had been in the Will Smith's Men in Black music video right. that year. <laughs> I had been in Prince's Betcher right. right. And for the MTV Music Awards that year, Men in Black won the best music video of 1997. Okay. And Betcher by Golly Wow won the worst music oh. video of 1997. <laughs> Won so, an award that so year. So you were a, you were a match made in heaven, really. Yeah, you know, really. yin and yang. <laughs> oh, just as a little quick personal question, then, what year did you get married? Because what did you ninety nine? And did you meet Alex in L.A. Then I did. Yeah. Oh, we, okay. We both moved to L.A. Uh, within about two weeks of each other. So he came from Denver, Colorado, in okay. September of ninety five, and I came from Vancouver in September of ninety five. And, and did you take class in this? Uh, did you? Is that how you met? It was in class. It was. It? Yes, oh, okay. it was in Renee King's hip hop class. Oh, cool! And we were the only two white people in class. And I <laughs> was terrified. I had watched her class through the window right. for a few weeks yeah. and wanted to take it so badly, but right. it was literally looked like it was gang members. Right. And I was really scared. And, and one day I finally got up the courage to take it. And I yeah. walked into class and there was Alex. And I, I glanced at him and gave him a little smile and yeah. he gave me a little nod. And, yeah. and I thought, okay, at least I won't be the worst person in class. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a football player. And right. I thought, well, he's not a dancer, so this will be fine. I won't right. be the worst. And right. then she started her... Um, warm-up which was a choreographed routine at the time oh dear and okay. he already knew it and he was killing it and okay. I thought oh no <laughs> no I am the worst person in the class but yeah that's oh. how we first met oh that's wonderful mm -hmm. uh, and you know I in because back in 1987 <laughs> I had already been graduated a year because I am a year older than you uh -huh. and I have to say that uh in my time uh, in my life dance marriages are either amazing mm -hmm. or not yes <laughs> and the not is really a not <laughs> yeah and the amazing really is an amazing because mm -hmm. it's that understanding of each other it's that same psychological warfare that you're going on all the time the yeah. same sort of physiological stuff you're dealing with and it can be really supportive and, absolutely and, yeah and that that sort of sense of you know, us against all the stuff we have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Or else, you know, as I said, the not version is, uh, I swear it turns into some sort of weird audition between the two. This <laughs> is not compatible. But anyways, I digress. Um, one other thing I wanted to know is after this time in LA that you have said that was three years, mm -hmm. did you come back with the intention of I want to come back or did you come because your time had played out in LA mm -hmm. or did you come back because you were in love with Alex or what, what yeah. happened there? Uh, well no definitely my time was not up in LA I feel like things were just sort of starting to steamroll there gather, a bit. Yeah. gather yeah. steam yeah, yeah. Um, but unfortunately I, I did have a work permit at yeah. the time and it ran out and when I went to renew it I found that it actually was not a legitimate permit oh and that I should have been working for the company that got it for me, but I think they were perhaps sort of abusing their connections with the uh, government a okay. little bit and okay. offering work permits to Canadian dancers in right. particular. Right. So the lawyer sort of politely suggested that I should flee. <laughs> <laughs> it 
<laughs> high speed in the night. <laughs> and, so, and so I listened because yeah. I've always been sort of, you know, a little anxious about that whole situation anyway. Yeah. Um, so I told Alex, you know, I, I need to leave. I need to go back to Canada. Yeah. And the first thing he said was, well, I'll come with you. And Aww. I just thought, you're kidding. I mean, his career was also taking off yeah. and he was doing really well. And um, that was just the very first thing that came out of his mouth. So right. our intention was to come up to Vancouver, um, teach a little bit, yeah. and sort of see how things went. And uh, and then potentially apply for more papers to come back down right. to L.A. But then we ended up getting engaged when we came to Vancouver. And okay. Then we got married and then we got his paperwork for Canada and it took so long and it's so involved that yeah. after it finally came through, we just sort of said, I don't want to look at any other paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we said, we'll do it, you know, in a couple of years. And then we just kind of didn't. Right. So, right. So it was yeah. just, it was almost like an organic meant to be sort yeah, of situation. So. Yeah. Yeah. And in Vancouver, when you were getting, I mean, getting engaged and getting married does mm-hmm. take up a lot of yeah. spiritual, <laughs> holistic time. But did you also suddenly start thinking of a career path that you could follow while you were here? Well, both of us, again, just started teaching a lot. Okay. Um, we were kind of, you know, direct. From, now we were the direct, direct from, from LA, LA right? the latest moves. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we just started teaching all over and okay. we're making good money doing yeah. that. So we yeah. were happy with that for that time. Mm-hmm. So what led to the creation of Groove Street, which is a convention, is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So that travels, is that a Western Canada situation? It is now. It's a Western Canada thing. Yeah, Did you go further back east before? We have been to Toronto a bunch of years. Yeah. Um, but now we mostly do Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, and Fort McMurray. Why Fort McMurray? Because we love the people there. Right, right. They, there's a, a bunch of really lovely people that own studios up there and they used to come down to our Alberta conventions a lot right and they bring so many kids they'd have a carload or a truckload of right people and we just thought after they went through that horrible time with the fires and so many people lost everything and um, it was our 20th anniversary of our convention and we thought let's do something different this year what should we do and it just kind of seemed like a natural choice you know let's go let's find a new city we'll do a new city this year and that was just kind of the, an obvious okay. choice we okay. wanted to give back to that community that had supported us for so many years and you know we thought it's an adventure and yeah. we know that we're going to be with these wonderful people that we yeah. already know we know yeah. there's going to at least be 40 people at the convention you know <laughs> um yeah and we had an amazing time we learned wonderful how to throw coffee into the air and it turns into snow as soon as you oh <laughs> oh were you there in the, the winter air? season oh yes we were oh yeah. okay yeah so is the convention <laughs> season is it is it sort of set out is is there some circumscribed this is when people need to have their conventions or do people that mm-hmm. run conventions just decide this is the season we're doing yeah. it generally canadian conventions are in the fall okay before christmas okay. um we also have our hip-hop convention street groove that we would do at the end of january beginning of february but anything after that then you're cutting into competition season which so is a big deal got yeah lots of rehearsals and so I just missed and caught at the same time. So <laughs> Groove Street and Street Groove are two totally different things. Yes. Okay, so teach me the groove. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we created Groove Street Productions okay. uh, when we were living in L.A., actually. Okay. So it was myself and Alex and Harge Rye, yeah. who's also from Vancouver. He was my roommate at the time. Uh, Tony Lupe, who's from Portland. He's okay. a tapper. And he chapoos who is from Oklahoma City. Okay. And she was a jazz and um, hip-hop dancer as well. Right. 
and the five of us were sitting around in my living room and we thought, you know, we all do such diverse things. Yeah. How cool would it be if we just taught a little workshop at our hometowns? You know, so that's okay. kind of how Groove Street started. Um, we did a, a workshop in Denver. Yeah. Ironically, at Alex's competition studio. Oh. <laughs> not his actual home oh, studio. Oh, okay. Um, but this other studio he knew of, and they had a great space. And then we did one in Oklahoma City. And uh, we thought, that was so fun. That was great. Let's do it again. So then our first one in Canada was in Victoria. Okay. And we build it more as a convention than a workshop. And, okay. And um, so that's kind of... Again, we just kind of fell into the convention business as well. Okay. It just sort of happened. I mean, we created something. Yes. But then it just sort of bloomed and blossomed into this thing that we never really expected it would be. <laughs> right. And now it's an entity unto itself, right? Yes. It just it just always happens and it's always in these cities. And, yeah. And then the street groove is... So street groove started a few years after because of our love of hip hop. Mm -hmm. um, Alex and I in particular. Don't you mean hip hop? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Question hop. mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we wanted to do just a solely filled with everything hip hop convention. And so we put that together and it was successful and people yeah. were excited about it. Um, smaller convention because yeah. at the time, this was the year 2000. So there wasn't as many yeah. hip hop dancers taking conventions. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so hip hop or sorry, Street Groove is just all different styles of hip-hop. And Groove Street, which we now call GSP, yep. to try to make it a yeah, little a little easier, different. Yep. is, um, you know, contemporary musical theater, yep. tap, hip-hop, jazz, everything. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, see, I sounded really hip there by saying, cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's just let that one go. Um, so then, because the one that I'm involved with is Source, how did that happen? The Source Dance Company. Yeah. Well, uh, one of my favorite things about being a dancer in L.A. Mm -hmm. was taking class mm -hmm. and taking class with like minded individuals mm -hmm. who were there for the same reason that I was mm -hmm. and who wanted to work as hard as I wanted to work in mm -hmm. class. And I got just as much inspiration from my fellow dancers in class as mm -hmm. I did from the instructors. And when I came back to Vancouver, I realized there really wasn't anything for dancers like that. Right. Um, there was Harbor Dance Center, which was mm -hmm. incredible and mm -hmm. has been such a huge thing in so many dancers' mm -hmm. lives. So this is highly unorthodox, but my uh, electronic wizardry is basically not. And an integral part of Joe's interview was lost in my editing process. So I am here to interject it again uh, and then allow the... Uh, original interview to continue so I apologize to my listeners for this weirdness but what I wanted to say was when she was talking about creating source uh, she had looked around and seen that although there was Harbor Dance as a hub for professional semi-professional and training dancers all over the lower mainland there was no pre-professional training program and she thought wouldn't it be great if she could recreate something like the scholarship program at the edge in LA in which uh, really like-minded driven uh excelling dancers all got together in the room and spurred each other on and inspired each other and you know you could meet once a week and and possibly do some performances and just create uh inspirational and I guess cooperative environment in which one could move forward and she held an audition her very first audition and she was going to be totally 
fine if only five or ten people showed up. And she was blown away because the first year ended up having 14 dancers chosen from the audition. And they ended up being essentially the, the sort of top representative from each of their studios throughout the Lower Mainland. So it was an incredibly exciting young group to work with in that first while. So now I will let the regular interview continue. Thank you. And um, so originally we just had a three-hour uh, rehearsal and class session on Saturdays, <laughs> just once a week. And that was 20 years ago now. And it's wow. grown. Now we have dancers from almost all across Canada, yeah. mostly Western Canada. Yeah. There's a lot from BC, Alberta, and Saskatchewan. But yeah. we do get people from... Yeah. Out east, um, yeah. This year, I have thirty-seven in the company, yeah. and it's just grown so much. We train four times a week, plus they have to take additional mandatory classes at Harbor, and it's, yeah. I think it's been a great stepping stone for so many dancers who are still working in the industry. So I have a couple questions about that because now your your model of a great idea mm -hmm. that has been around for so long it has led to a lot of people creating their own idea of your idea. Right. And uh, everyone offers something slightly different or, or you know, tries to have a, a little bit of a, a different look at it. Mm -hmm. I feel as though what I'm seeing a lot of, because it seems uh, many of the cities I've traveled in, I'm now seeing, and I'm, I'm using this word, but let's go back to the phrase that imitation is the greatest flattery, but I'm seeing yeah. a lot of imitations of source. Mm -hmm. And I feel as though what a lot of people are trying to aim at now is the, the getting out there. Let's get you prepared. Let's get you an audition reel. Let's get you a, or teach you how to post them on, I was just going to say iTube. That's fantastic, Sarah. <laughs> you know, iTube. Um, Sarah's from the Stone Age. Uh, or put it on that cassette tape. Uh, and, and, you know, the headshots and all that sort of thing. How, how do you feel about maintaining your integrity with what you originally began with, which was the idea of let's get us together, let's train together, let's mm -hmm. spur each other on, let's bring in guests that I feel like feed that, yeah. uh, let's choreograph an amazing show that we tour, mm -hmm. and and keep it as really kind of more of a pre-professional mindset, also expecting that the dancers that take part are ready to step out on their own and, you know, maybe be taking university courses, maybe be having a full-time job during the day. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's two or three or four or five or six of them living in one particular dwelling just because Vancouver is so expensive to live in. <laughs> but they're still being young adults as opposed to, for instance, uh, just to, to use a metaphor, for many years I was involved with something called the Bridging Program at Maine Dance Place. Mm -hmm. And it was meant as a contemporary pre-professional program but it really was just a training program mm -hmm. and when I say just a training program it was an intense five days a week you mm -hmm. dance all day so you couldn't have a job unless you okay. worked at night and you yeah. and you certainly couldn't take university courses unless you took nighttime credits and then you were beat for the rest yeah. of the day so mm -hmm. it, it had different intentions and yeah. I'm just kind of wondering uh, I, I just kind of want to know your feelings about that and and how how that integrity is maintained because it truly is filled with integrity. I've got a, just a word you. on the street, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. Is, is that with, because I have, my pathway has not been to have my own institute of any sort. Mm -hmm. And although I love, I love, I've actually, when you tell me what your, uh, what precipitated the source, that's actually for many years, I dreamt of having a ballet mm -hmm. slash contemporary ballet 
company of that ilk, you know, that dancers would just come together from all different sources and we would all, you know, do class together and put yeah. together pieces. And it, it just, and then I wanted to have a child and I just didn't feel like those two things would be particularly um, able to meld in the level that I wanted to do either one of them. Yeah. So I so admire and respect that you did that because part of me is a little envious because I, I kind of would still love that other entity to be out there floating. But I feel as though my my desires behind it would be very similar to the desires that you're maintaining with Source, which is I would like to bring together young humans that are ready to become adults out in the world in whatever respect you want to. Yeah. And maybe this will be your deciding factor to say, I'd really like, actually like to go to university full time, yeah. or maybe I'd like to uh, teach. And, and, you know, I got this side job of teaching little children. I suddenly realized I love it. Or maybe within that, I, I've, this, I've been able to see some dancers actually finding out within the source because of the different teachers and choreographers you bring in that they're more of a contemporary dancer yes, exactly. or they're more of a, uh, well, they'll either specialize in hip-hop or they specialize in acting. There mm -hmm. seems to have been so many wonderful career paths yep. that have come out of that hub. So I I love that not one single person that I have crossed paths with over those 13 years that I, I'm roughly estimating that I've been affiliated with Source and then just out in the world, no one has a negative word to say. Oh, that's wonderful. No one. And you know that's a big deal in the dance <laughs> that world. That is. And I feel as though the reason behind it is because of you and your truly pure intentions that I'm going to create this and I really would love you to get the most out of it. Mm. And and I'm giving the most that I can to it and it's for you to take. Mm -hmm. Whereas with so many other organizations, I feel like sometimes those lines get a little bit less clearly defined and thereby the expectations are higher or the expectations are completely different. Mm -hmm. And so there's not the delivery that they're expecting. Or the, it just turns into something different. Okay. And, and there tends to be more complaining. And because uh, I travel a lot around, <laughs> and uh, which goes back to my original comment, I don't have my own institution. I am able to travel in and out of a lot of different studios and work with a lot of different dancers of different ages. And so I hear a lot of different things. Yeah. And... Uh, I don't ever hear a negative thing about Source. Well, that's incredible. I'm grateful for that. Well, but. yeah, you've earned it. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that goes back to the original mm -hmm. question, which is uh, seeing the way things are changing and navigating the, <sighs> I guess, okay, so let, let's tie three things into this one okay. question. All right. So having been around in the business for a long time, you get a chance to really see how things ebb and flow and, and trends come and go. Yeah. And that rhymed. Mm -hmm. And uh, and yet you still have your original uh, precept as to why you started Source, why you started GSP, why you started Street Groove, uh, why you love to dance, mm -hmm. what you love about people dancing together with like-minded aspirations. How do you navigate the hunger there is out there right now for the latest trick and the latest this? and the yeah. la you know, I mean, I just cringe sometimes overhearing conversations amongst especially it seems my 12 to 14 year old students mm -hmm. that talk about whoever they just saw on YouTube and what yeah. so-and-so can do and how they did you see her wrap her head her leg behind her head and then her, she was hovering there and I just of course I envision what that looks like <laughs> I'm not quite as impressed so <laughs> I would just like to know how you navigate that running this business as you do and having such a positive outcome mm -hmm. and, and forging ahead and deciding to continue running it. 
So right. talk to me. Okay. Goodness. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a big question. <laughs> Let me see if I can okay. answer this. Um, well, I would say that things have probably changed as I've gone along with the source mm -hmm. in terms of my, um, not intent, because my intent has been the same, but well, let's just say I now realize that more than half of them will not be professional dancers. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. Uh, also, I think it's really neat, as you mentioned, that so many of them will come in perhaps as only technical dancers mm -hmm. and suddenly learn hip hop, sort of how I did when mm -hmm. I was younger, mm -hmm. and find this real love for it and then completely do a 180 and yeah. only focus on hip hop. Yeah. Or others have always or have realized that they only want to follow the contemporary side. Yeah. Um, so that I think I think what Source is really great for is that, as you said, it helps people figure out their next step or mm -hmm. their next path or their next even just inkling of a direction that they may want to travel in. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And for me, I still I want to create something that is healthy and good for them mm -hmm. in all areas of their lives. And mm -hmm. that's changed a lot, especially since I had a baby mm -hmm. and thinking of her growing up and who's going to be surrounding her and helping yeah. to raise her and helping to nurture her. And I want to be that person for these young people. Yeah. Because this world is getting more and more mm -hmm. um, aggressive mm -hmm. and negative. Negative. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, we all know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I just love my upbringing so much. Mm -hmm. And I feel so grateful for the life that I've had to this point mm -hmm. that I want to try and hold on to that way of living and that way of being and thinking so that I can offer even just a little bit to these people that have never experienced living that way. Right. Small example would be for the longest time, I didn't allow any videotaping in my class. Right. Um, and that was because, again, one of my favorite things about being a dancer was being in class mm -hmm. and trying things and falling flat on my face mm -hmm. and you know, not being afraid to take risks because mm -hmm. it's never going to be documented. Mm -hmm. It's never going to be on the internet forever, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really sad in this day and age I that a too. lot of dancers yeah. don't have that opportunity. No. So I really limit filming in my class. Yeah. I do it now. And sadly, it's because I noticed that because I wasn't filming in my class, yeah. people started to not come to class. Yeah. Because they want that documented. They footage. want to be seen. I was there. <laughs> yeah. This is what I did. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So now I just usually film right at the very end. Yeah. Like one big group or yeah. maybe two groups. And, yeah. And that's about it. And that's my attempt at trying to keep things, you know, the way they were back in yeah. the day. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm answering your question at all. <laughs> no, you are. Because it, it, okay. these are all thoughts that run through your mind in dealing mm -hmm. and navigating through what life is like now yeah no, absolutely you yeah. are answering it I think that that's an interesting point you bring up because of course in the ballet world that happens so rarely mm. people don't bring whip out their phones yeah. to, <laughs> let's just catch that adage yes. <laughs> uh, however uh, I'm noticing more and more that people are posting every single solo they've ever done mm -hmm. online from the age of three on up yeah. <laughs> and I find it uh, I I find it interesting because it's a it's a new world, as you know, me just yeah. entering the Facebook world last March, <laughs> uh, not even a year yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's also for me, it helps me actually 
help others because I get asked so many questions on from a psychological standpoint how to deal with life and how to deal with the life that's out there right now and it's not helpful if I'm not current if I don't understand you know if I don't understand what you are trying to navigate as a young person and what you mean by FOMO and what you know all this (laughs) stuff if I don't actually I, I obviously I can learn an acronym but if I don't know what that looks like and I have to say it's it's something looking at yeah. these photos and looking at these this news feed of this constant everything's perfect everything's happy yes. and nothing's ever wrong yeah. it's just kind of wow so and, and where do you live that yes exactly <laughs> so I feel as though um my uh, I concur 100% being a mom I mean I was this heavily opinionated before I was a mom <laughs> I've, I've basically been like this from birth but I feel like that has just exacerbated it yes. and intensified my desire to uh understand the world that my daughter's going to navigate just as you are trying to for yeah. yours and and furthermore understand if you well the, the, here's a, a wonderfully positive way of looking at it if you have an organization that touches many, many people, mm-hmm. and you are also running a convention in which you go out and touch many, many people, then you're spreading your goodness. So you can only hope that one drop mm-hmm. in the ocean just keeps spreading yes. and, and that that will somehow benefit your daughter when she gets to a certain oh, age. That's See, that's lovely. how I think about it. Yeah. I just, I try to think about, well, if you're constantly passing, if you're, if you're going through life just absorbing the negativity and the aggression and all the bad things around you, mm-hmm. then you're just a sponge. And so it's just you get saturated and then we have just more and more and more of that. It just bleeds out of you. Mm-hmm. Well, how about if you do the opposite? How about if you take that wonderful childhood that you had yeah. and that wonderful upbringing and those feelings and that goodness and you just keep sharing it, which is what you're yeah. doing. And mm-hmm. I think that's why people don't have anything negative to say okay. is because they don't. Even if they go through negative things while they're in source, Mm -hmm. it's their life that they're going through. And they understand that it's got nothing to do with you making it happen. It's (laughs) it's, hopefully not. No, (laughs) you know, they're in a platform of learning and experiencing and they just happen to be experiencing that particular aspect of their lives. But I think having that wonderful, kind goodness at the helm, which is how you are thought of, Mm, is is that. It, it, it's kind of like having a mom yeah. everywhere you go. You yeah. know what I mean? I a, a really good mom. Mm-hmm. A mom who who makes, you, you, when you're in the middle of a really crappy day, you think of your mom's face just smiling <laughs> and you think, okay, you know, yeah. I can deal with this. So I think that's the way I hear what you've just said. And on the on the respects of being a mom, I'm curious how... How have you felt for yourself the navigation of being a mom and running these two businesses or three businesses and 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 having to be present for others mm-hmm. that are older kids? Yeah. <laughs> and obviously they're not your kids, but you are trying to provide a maternal source for them as well to some degree. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm just assuming that. I'm thinking that that's what you are doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I feel like... I run it and I don't even run businesses like you whatsoever, but I definitely some days feel a little sad at how depleted I'll feel at the end of the day when I do come home after a teaching night Mm -hmm. and my daughter just wants a little extra out of me. And I just feel like just 
literally saying, just go to bed, please. Mm -hmm. Because that's all I'm feeling like I want to do. And it's not got anything. No one's done anything wrong. So how do you, how do you play? How does that work for you? I completely agree with you. It is difficult to find that balance. Mm -hmm. Um, I, to be completely honest, I always feel like I'm letting somebody down. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, whether it is my dancers or my daughter or my husband or myself, uh, or my dog, (laughs) um, I, I do feel like I can't quite keep up with everything to be honest. Um, I have been much better at accepting help when it's offered, which has been really great. Um, the past year or so I've had two source alumni dancers, Tessa Tamora and Chanel Lacasse, uh, have really stepped up and been um assistant directors i would call them wonderful the company yeah and it's actually been really neat because i feel as i'm getting older yeah and the source dancers are still staying the same age yes there's a larger <laughs> gap between yes. us you know yeah. when i started source i was uh 29 yeah and you know the dancers are 20 yeah 21 yeah, yeah. so we're definitely closer in age i was yeah. still a little older but yeah. more of peers i guess you could say and they could relate to me a little better. Yeah. But now that I'm 50, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really like having Tessa and Chanel almost as a go-between yeah. so the dancers can relay some messages through them. They feel more comfortable yeah. uh, speaking through them. and then They know. can filter them slightly and then yeah. bring them to you. Yeah, yeah. so it's definitely <laughs> yeah. asking for help and accepting help has been yeah. key. Yeah. Uh, and I think one of the interesting things that came from having Anaya, my my baby, when she was born. Uh, That was the 10th year of Source. And I was living downtown before, like a couple of years before that, I was living downtown and I would be at almost every Source rehearsal, whether I was teaching it or not. I would at least show up and just check and see how things were going, you know, Um, because I just lived 15 minutes away. I would just walk down to Harbor and and check in. But then I moved to the suburbs. And nobody wants to drive downtown if you don't have to. (laughs) And so... My appearances were more rare, but definitely once Anaya was born, I wouldn't be able to come down on Sundays for their company review. Mm-hmm. And that was when I kind of said, how about we have a sort of dance captain type mm-hmm. personality that can lead through company review and mm-hmm. you can all work together as a team mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Let me yeah. know how it goes. Yeah. And I think that was definitely a blessing in disguise yeah. because... I am still doing that to this day because it has really helped the dancers um, learn camaraderie and learn uh, supporting each other and leaning on each other and being able to accept a leader that is a peer. And all of these things are very important, especially when you get out and start working on film. I mean, I've been working for some source alumni. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you have to have that respect for everyone, whether they're older, younger, same age. And I think it's been really good for the dancers to experience that at the beginning of their careers and be okay with it and sort of learn from that. So there have definitely been some changes because of being a mom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's a, that's a really, that's a positive change though. Absolutely. And I, I think that uh, one of the things that I have noticed in so many settings, so many different settings, is is that, yes, a a more, um, I won't, well, I'll use a dramatic term, a more despotic uh, slash fascist paradigm where there is a definite director and one must answer 100% to them. There's a certain fear-based exactactitude brought about, Mm -hmm. but it's not brought about with love. Yeah. 
And being an adjudicator, when I watch a piece that is literally perfect in its synchronicity Mm -hmm. and they look like robots and then there's another piece that comes on that's really well rehearsed that's Mm -hmm. my term for wow that was really together and they look like they love everything they're doing guess who wins yes exactly because I'm just thinking I need to encourage this yeah because this means that whoever's at the helm welcome to my cat (laughs) (laughs) okay buddy Uh, for those of you that can't see, uh, Joe was just greeted by a large, orange, fluffy man. <laughs> um, yes, I I feel like that uh, camaraderie, like you said, and cooperation yes. and and learning how to listen. Mm-hmm. People don't listen very well nowadays. I don't no, know if you've don't. noticed. And learning how to bite your tongue. And learning how to bite your tongue and yeah. understand this isn't, we're not, even okay, if we were in a courtroom... The lawyer would speak, yeah. then the judge speaks, and if the lawyer speaks out of turn, the judge says, you're bad and you have a fine. Yes. <laughs> so that's the way it works in the real world, uh-huh. and if you talk back to an authority figure in the real world, you will lose a job or maybe end up imprisoned. That's always fun. Yeah. Not that that's ever happened to me. <laughs> Sorry, Not in the source deck no. company, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I feel, I feel like that is a, a really great thing that has occurred out of being a mom, and, and it's actually really good mothering in my personal opinion because you need your child also to learn how to work with others yes absolutely right? um note to self <laughs> you, and, you and i know that well with our only children yes yes stubborn stubborn <laughs> yes um well well uh, versed in expressing their needs yes but indeed. not necessarily as well versed in hearing other people's needs mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's coming it's a work in progress right um, it has been so wonderful to hear your story and to share time with you and to have all of you out there hear how Joanne, <laughs> she's waving, jo- Joanne Pasuzic's professional life has, has come to be and, and why she is still here giving so much to the community. So thank you so much well, for thank you, Sarah, for speaking to me in Sarah's yeah. space. And I will speak to all of you again in the future. Thank you for joining me. Bye. Bye.